0: Well, let's get right into it this morning. I'm excited for what God is going to be speaking to us today. I mean, oh, God's got a word for you this morning. All right, so you got your, you got your catching mitts out, right? Ready to receive something. <laughs> Bring it on, right? That's what we do. We are receivers now on this. And you know what? All I got to do is I get to hear the message first and then I just get to simply relate to you what I heard first. So, giddy up. All right, so let's get right into this this morning. Again, I want to just lay a quick foundation on a few things that we've been discussing and talking about in our time together. And a lot of this, again, has all been talking about our hearts, getting our hearts set. Because the Lord told us, this is coming up on a year ago, that we are to expect, we are to prepare our hearts, and we are to create an environment for encounters with him. Did you know that church should not just be, oh yeah, I just you know, kind of do my church thing and I do my thing, listen to a message, sing a song or a few, you know, give my tithe, then I go off and do my week. This is supposed to equip you and I for going into our week, that we go full, that we go charged. And part of that is not just hearing some nice little cute message, it's actually encountering the Lord. And the way we do that, of course we can do that through worship. The Lord can show up however he wants to. We've already said yes to him. Another way that we encounter it is through his word as well. And we're so thankful. This is a word church. So if you're ever wondering, I mean, what kind of church is this? Like, What do what they all The word of God is so important to us. In fact, we love it, and we love the moving of the Spirit. This is what we're all about. So if you're asking, are they a denominational church? Well, we're part of the Jesus denomination, whatever that is. It would just be, we love his word, and we love the moving of the Spirit. So do we speak in tongues? Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. A girl got filled last week, I heard. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. And we're just going to keep more and more and more filled. And if you've got questions on that, you can talk to Julian right after the service, and he'll take all your questions. <laughs> but again, encountering. We're supposed to be encountering him. When we gather together, this is what, this is, I believe, one of God's favorite days as well. Is when his family comes together across the globe, families of the church are uniting together to come hear his word, to come on purpose because we love God. I'm here because I love him. How about you? All right. So this is part of the whole encountering part. It's the father meeting his children. This is what it's about. And again, where do we get ready? Since, you know, God told us to get ready, where does it come? Are we getting on the outside? Are we doing our push-ups every morning? Are we doing our sit-ups? No, we get ready in our heart, right, on the inside. Why? Because God is an inside God, inside God working God, right? That's where he works. That's how he operates. And in fact, your and my real life is not on the external So you can't judge me by the minivan that I drive and go, oh, that must be his life. No, I'm far better than a minivan. Right on. Thank God that my spiritual life doesn't represent my minivan. But what's the real life? What is your and my real life? It's actually what's going on on the inside. The real life that I have is in me. Not what I have on the outside. Not what I know on the outside. It's who I am on the inside is my real life. God is so interested in the real you and I, which is our hearts. This is why we're taking the time to go over it. Because this is how God operates. If he can get it into your heart, he can get it into your hand. And this is how God operates. God needs you and I to see, to hear what he's doing, so that we're able to now see it manifested on the outside. That's how vision works. Right? We don't need sight in order to see what God wants you and I to do. It's on the inside where God operates. And so this is why we're taking this time. And throughout the word of God, you constantly see God is working with individuals to get them to see what he's saying. This is crucial for you and us. When we did this a little while ago talking about a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the church needs revelation knowledge, not just more head knowledge. Right? We said this that I believe a lot of times Christians are, you know, a thousand scriptures overweight. We know so much Bible verses, but how much do we actually know on the inside and living out day to day? So it's crucial for you now that we're not just here to get more knowledge. We're here to get changed on the inside. Lord, what does your word say so it impacts my heart so I can live it out in my everyday life? That's what Christianity is all about. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's something we're talking to our boys. Just because somebody says I'm a Christian does not make them a Christian. Sad that we have to. We live in these days, but that's the reality of it. Who are those that, you know, that we find out are believers? Those that do the word or the will of God, which is his word. All right, I'm going to get off on that. Now... Look at Genesis chapter 15. But what we're doing to the Lord during our time together is we're opening up our hearts real big. Come on, say with me, real big. We're telling God, we're open, we're open, we're open, we're open. It's kind of being, you know, popular phrasing during these COVID years is we're open, we're open, we're open. Yeah, well, our hearts toward God, it's not, oh God, we have a 15% capacity for you, Lord. Only, only 15% of my heart you can have. No, no, God, we are open. Why? So that he's able to get what he wants on the inside of you and I. So again, you and I are experiencing as much of God as we want. If you want 30% God, he'll give you 30%. But he will not force himself on you or give more of himself than what you're you're offering. Right Now, Genesis chapter 15. I want to just show you this example because, again, this is how God works with individuals. And to this day, this is how God works with us. It says this, after these things, this is right after Abraham went into battle and he defeated a couple of kings, It says, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your abundant compensation, and your reward shall be exceedingly great. Isn't that something? That's our God talking. That's our father talking. Now look at this. And Abram said to the Lord, Lord God, what can you give me since I am going on from this world childless, and he who shall be the owner and heir of my house is this steward Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram continued, look at this, see this, the L-O-O-K, look, everybody said with me, look, what is Abram doing? He's bringing God down to his perspective. Look, God, look, what is this problem? You have given me no child. Where's Abram's eyes? Look, nothing here, there's nothing here. And a servant born of my house is not my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man shall not be your heir, but he who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought... Now listen, I want you to really think of these words. Don't just let this be another story that you've heard. But look at what the word of the Lord is. He says, And he, God, brought who? Abram outside his tent into the starlight and said... Come on, y'all. What did God say? Look! What is he trying to get Abram to do? Get a different perspective. And this is what being a child of God is all about. You and I living from a different perspective. Not just constantly what we see out here. Because if you look out here, it's depressing. But if you look from God's perspective, you go, Ah, there's a whole different way of looking. Whole different way of seeing. Whole different way of living. But you and I have to intentionally look. Set your eyes on something higher. This is what Colossians 3 tells us. Since you and I have been raised with Christ, he says, set your affections, set your mind, set your eyes on things above. Why? Because that's where you're seated. So he's saying, look from this level. So he's again telling Abram, look now toward the heavens. And he says, count the stars, if you're able to number them. God's probably like, you can't, because I made a bunch of them. (laughs) Then he said to him, so shall... Your descendants be. What is God doing? Is he just giving him a nice promise? No, he's causing him to enlarge on the inside. He's getting Abram to expand and open his heart through the promise and say, look here now. And what did you think Abraham did? Verse 6, it says, Abram believed God and it was counted him for righteousness. What happened at that moment? Abram said, I believe that. I see it. I see it. Okay, I see it. And from that moment on, you find God changing his name to Abraham. Why all this? Is because God changed his picture. And this is what you and I need. We need a different picture. We need to see it from the word of God, who you really is. You're not who your mom or dad says you are. You are who God says that you are. And when you get that reality, when you see it from the word of God, what happens to your heart? It expands on the inside, and you start to see, Oh, that's who I am. That's what I can do. Okay, God, I'm going for that. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. Why? Because you are who God says you are. That's not my message, but that was really good anyway. Now, <laughs> now, why is this so crucial? Because remember, God looks to the heart. God looks to the heart. So he's not looking at Abram's 75, 99-year-old body and going, Yeah, it's, you're getting old, Abram. Oh, I don't know how we're going to make this work. Look, Sarah's getting old too. I don't know if it's going to work. Is it going to work? I don't know. He's not looking there. What's he looking for? A heart that he can get his promise and his vision into. Because if he can get it into your heart, he can get it into your hand. So all of this, again, working with God, it's, you have to work with him. And it's all an inside job. <laughs> okay. Now, look at these verses again. Very familiar scriptures. But I want to just relay them as we set this foundation. 1 Samuel 16:7. Again, look what the Lord says. Do not look at his appearance, talking about uh, David's oldest brother, I believe it's Eliab. Could be wrong on that, I can't remember the name. But all of a sudden, what is Samuel, about to get a new king for Israel, and surely Samuel goes, this must be the guy. This must be him. Why? He's ripped. He's got a beard. He's tall. He's handsome. He's everything a king should look like. He's the perfect poster child for Israel. This will look so good. The Philistines come around and they see that this guy's the king. They're going to run for their money. But what did God say? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a sec. Just because he can do one-arm push-ups. In fact, he can do no-arm push-ups. He's amazing. (laughs) He can do all those things. Wonderful. He says, do not look at his appearance. Why? Because God says, I'm not looking at that. I've actually refused him. Not because he's not ripped. Aren't you glad God didn't look at him and go, you know what? You know, he's a little slender. You know, his biceps are only about, you know, 17 inches around. They need to be about 23 if I want a king. He's not doing that. At all. He says, I've refused him. Why? The Lord doesn't see as we see. What does the Lord say? For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, where does he look? He looks at the heart. So it is crucial for you and I to take the time to make sure our heart is in a place where the Lord is able to move. He's able to speak. He's able to do what he wants to do. He needs access to our heart. Okay, next verse is Second Chronicles 69. I love these words. Do you read these on a regular basis? These are something that I'm just constantly stirred up about. But this morning, August 1st, 2021, the eyes of the Lord, guess what they're doing? They're going to and fro throughout the entire earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So what does God want to do? He wants to show off on somebody, through somebody, on someone whose heart is fully committed or loyal to him. Anybody want that? Now guess what does it happen by accident? No, it's intentional. Amen. Next verse, Psalm or Proverbs 20:27. 20, Again it says the spirit of the man is what? The lamp or the candle of the Lord. Yeah. What's he doing? He's searching all the inner parts. Of the heart. This is what the Lord is doing on a regular basis, is He's searching the hearts. And this is one thing for you and I that it would be good for us. You know, Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 tells you and I it'd be good for us to actually take up regular checkups to make sure that our faith, our hearts are on a right place, that they're properly set up so that what we believe is actually what we believe, right? Now, I want you to see this because again, when God looks at you, what does He look at? Does He look at six foot one? Joel, tight pant, cool guy. I was hoping y'all gonna fill that in a little bit, but I'll just <laughs> ruggedly handsome, deep manly voice. Joel, no. <laughs> Even if I talked like this, he would still be looking at what? My heart. What's he looking at? My heart. When God wants to speak to me, where does He speak? My heart, when God wants to lead me, where does He lead me? Through my heart. When God wants to drop in a vision or clarity for my life, where does He do it? My heart, it's not here. God's plan for my life is not here. God speaking to me is not here. God speaking to me, is it out here? I'm looking for, oh, I just need some goosebumps. I just, God, I could really use a goosebumper right about now. It ain't there. It's not there. Why? Because you is a spirit being. And God is a spirit. And that's where he dwells. That's where he operates. That's where he speaks. So we need to take a very conscious look on the inside to make sure we're lined up with him on the inside. Okay? Now, look at this. And again, again, why is this so important? Because in Hebrews chapter 4, look at this verse here. Nothing is hidden from him. You can't hide from God. Did you know that? How do we know that? Remember Jonah? What did he try doing? He bought a ticket to not Nineveh. And what happened? God found him all the way throughout it. It is impossible to hide anything from God. And here's the thing, though, is a lot of people think that as long as they can mask up on the outside, I'm just fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's going good and everything's going good. Or even keeping secrets that at some point you don't think it will be exposed. It is impossible to hide anything from God. And it's not that, you know, when things get exposed, it's not like God's going, oh, punishment's coming your way. He does it because he loves you. Because, again, you're planting like what Gail was talking about this morning. Those seeds of death, those seeds of, you know, whatever it is on a negative sense, sin, the wages of sin leads to death. And God doesn't want his kids dying in any realm. Spirit, soul, body is not of him. So what does he do? Hey, I got to get my seeds in there. I got to get my word in there. And sometimes what we do is we have to get some things exposed. You know what this season that we're going through as a church family right now? We're going through a transformation stage at this moment. And it is the most painful. And it is the most encouraging. I hate it and love it all at the same time. There's a lot going on. And so your prayers are very much appreciated. But all of this, what is this for? The purpose behind all of this is so that God, I believe this, the Lord said this to me a little while ago, this church is supposed to be a glory center. What do I mean by that? I mean that God has full access. So imagine just coming into a service. What's service going to be like? I have no idea. All we know is... We're going to show up, God's going to show up, and we're going to give God his room to do what he wants to do. We know this is to be a glory center so that healing can take place, freedom can take place, deliverance can take place, manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit can take place. That's what we want. Why? Because that's what God wants. God needs his church back. And in order for God to get his church back, he needs his people back with big hearts that say, God, whatever you want to do in this city, whatever you want to do through me, whatever you want to do in me, I'm completely open to it. Now, that's a dangerous prayer. What do I mean by that? It's simply this is because when you expose yourself to God, here let's look at this for a sec. When you expose yourself to him, guess what? He'll take access to it. And he'll say, Thank you. Now let me just show you my word. Let me reveal my truth. Don't expect punishment. Whoops, 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 bad, this, bad, that. That's not him. He's kind and gentle. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. What it may feel weird or awkward on the outside, but guess what? It is healing and health on the inside. Oh, man, listen, I've lived in times where I just, oh, man, I feel this conviction. I go, God, this isn't right. This isn't right. And there is nothing freer to live free on the inside, to live at peace on the inside, knowing that, Lord, I'm in the right direction and I'm, to- I'm, ke- I'm teachable. I'm coachable. Lord, if you need to correct me in any way, you go for it and I'm open to it. Proverb talks about a wise man is open to those things. I don't know how I got off on that, but that is good again. All the time. <laughs> But let me just look at these words in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12, it says, We have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate. Everybody say penetrate. Penetrate. The word is to penetrate to the very core of our beings, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and the secret motives of our heart. That's not scary. That's good. That's good. Because again... Why all the training? Why all the coaching? Why all the adjusting? It's because the Father, through the Spirit of God, is developing you and I to look like someone. Who's that? Jesus. It's to look like him. Again, Jesus is not just an example for us. He's an example of us. Our goal in life is to look like him. Did you know it's possible to do the things that he did on this earth? It's possible. In fact, you're called to it. Well, I just want it to happen. It starts on the inside. What do you think Jesus was doing for 30 years before his ministry started? He was preparing and training on the inside, getting in tune, getting in line with the word of God, his father, so that he could do the works that he was called to do. It's amazing. The word had to learn the word. (laughs) And then, in fact, he taught the word. It's just a lot of amazingness in one verse. Now, look at this, verse 13. It says, there is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God. Yay! says, <laughs> so nothing that we do, say it with me, nothing that we do remains a secret. Oh, you could hide it for a little bit, but at some point it will come out. Why? For your own good, for your own health, for your own safety, for your own calling. God will do it. Why? Because he wants you and I to be fit and formed into the image of his son. It's a good thing. This happens to me on a regular basis, and I hate, love it. It hurts so good. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And nothing created is concealed, but everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes to whom we must render an account. So, again, what is God saying with all this? You and I, it is so crucial, Proverbs 4.23, that we guard our hearts. Why? For everything we do flows from it. Everything we do Flows from it. My life doesn't happen to me. Life flows from within me. So what's going on inside of me is affecting the decisions that I make. It's affecting the words that I say. It's affecting the pathway for my feet. I have got to take concern and understand what's going on in me because it's going to come out of me. So it's crucial. This is why we ought to pay close attention to our hearts, to guard it, to protect it, to what needs to stay out, stay out, what needs to stay in, stay in, and make sure that that guard is constantly there. Right? God takes great care and concern of our hearts. Now, again like we said so much of the time is that this world they spend so much money, time, resources to take care of the natural outside man. You know, see, it is a multi-billion dollar company to take care of this outside house. You know what's so bad about it? You gotta shower every day to keep this thing up. Everybody, smell your neighbor for a moment. <laughs> yeah, they're not working on the outside of the house real good. Yeah, but guess what? You gotta do that daily. Listen, if I don't take a shower for a couple of days, dear Lord, you don't want to be around me. And why is that? This outer man, guess what? It's going bye bye. Every day from last week to this week, guess what? Your outer man, it died. Praise the Lord, everyone. <laughs> That's the good news. But the the outer man is perishing, the Bible says, day by day yeah. by day. The more that we progress in this, guess what? You're aging more and more and more. Until all of a sudden you look in the mirror and go, how did I look like this? What did this look like this? And so again, what the world wants to do is you nip this, tuck this, and you spend billions of dollars to try to plaster yourself so you look normal, but in fact, you're just plastic now, so you squeak, 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 squeak when you walk around. It's just not pretty. But we spend so much effort and time on the outside, but what happens is you neglect what's going on on the inside, and that's the real you. Now, the good news to all this is that even though the outer man perishes, the the inner man is renewed daily. Woo! Are you kidding me, somebody? The inner man is getting renewed every single day. So when you get to heaven, you're going to be a beautiful 30 every single day of your life. Come on now, we'll look at you and go, man, you look good. Earth you wasn't so good, but man, heaven you, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's going on on the inside. Now, all that to say, because God is spending so much time and he's interested in what's going on in our hearts. One of the questions I've been asking the Lord is, Lord, if you're looking just directly at my heart, what are you looking for specifically in my heart? What are you looking for? What do you want to see in my heart? And this is something that's been stirring up in me for a little bit. I mean, I've been feeding on material. I've been feeding on the word. And so I'm kind of locked and loaded a little bit this morning for you. So I don't apologize for that. So get ready for a lot of brrr, scriptures being shot at you. But what I've been sensing on the inside, Lord, what are you looking for on this? And I just heard the spirit of God again. Just the impression inside. I'm looking for a willing heart. Willingness. Everybody say it with me. Willingness. And again, I believe he's talking to us as a church family as well. It's looking for a willing church. So let's talk about willingness here for a moment. I want you to turn to Psalm 110. And I'm going to just give you... Um, yeah, let's just read one verses 1 through 3. It says, The Lord God says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your adversaries your footstool. The Lord will send forth from Zion the scepter of your strength. Rule then in the midst of your foes. I mean, oh, God said that, and He is saying that, and He will say that. I mean, we are in a very good place. I mean, oh, we don't have to wait to get to heaven to rule over the enemy. We can do that right here and right now because of what Jesus has done. It's not based on how strong we are or how good we are or how good of a Christian we are. It's based on what Jesus did at the cross for us. He died, took our sins so that we now raise with Him in His righteousness. And we have full authority not only to stand before God. Listen, I'm worthy. You're worthy to stand before the Heavenly Father as if you've never done a thing wrong and command and tell that stinking devil to get his claws, get his teeth out of any situation in my life. I ain't let him in in my life. Punk. (laughs) Gets nothing. No respect on my end. But then verse 3, and I want you to see this verse. This is crucial. It says, Your people, that's us, your people will offer themselves, huh? Willingly in the day of your power. How will the people of God offer themselves? Willingly in the day of their power. You know, I want to ask you this question. Do you see that there is a connection between our willingness and God's power? Because I believe that there is a false teaching that has gone out. I know this because I'm sometimes have been susceptible to it. Just kind of hearing it and going, oh yeah, like, okay. God, we're, we're waiting for you, Lord. Whenever you want to move in power, whenever you want to do something, God, we'll just be ready. Kind of putting the emphasis back on, hey, we're waiting on God. When he wants to do something, then he'll do it. Can I just flip that question on us a little bit? What if it's not so much we're waiting on God as much as he's waiting on a willing church or a willing person to move? Why can we say this? Because God has never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed back then, he'll heal right now. Is anything changing? No. What's he looking for is a willingness of heart on the inside. So I believe that teaching is honestly from the gates of hell where we're just waiting for God to do something. We're waiting for God to come on in. No, 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 no. He's waiting for a willing heart to move alongside him so that we can experience his power on a regular basis. So can you see the connection between willingness and his power? Willingness. Come on, say it with me. Willingness and his power. They work hand in hand. Now, Again, Jeremiah 1.12, I don't have that on the screen, but it says God is watching over his word to perform it in our lives. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is this, are we willing to yield to the power of God in our lives? Is there a willingness to this? Because you remember do you remember in John chapter 5, there was a, there's a, um, an amazing encounter that this gentleman had for 38 years. It's about the pool of Bethesda. There was a paralyzed man that laid there for 38 years. Listen, I don't think we comprehend. 38 years. I'm not 38. He's been a long, he's been there every day of his life for 38 years, longer than I've been alive. Day after day after day. And Jesus knew, I mean, that of course the, the Father led him to this, to this individual. But the question that Jesus asked this man in verse John 5, verse 6, it says, Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? Y'all, are we getting this question? Do Do you see the question? It's not like, hey, do you want to be made well? The question is, will you be whole? What's the emphasis on? Are you willing? Do you want to? Now listen, for us, we go, oh, of course I do. He's been there for 38 years. After 38, let alone 38, after a year, people start to get comfortable in the way that they live their life. They start to get, this is just how life is. This is just what happened to me. These are the things that have taken place in my life. This is what somebody said about me. Jesus would say to you and I, will you let go of that mindset? Will you let go of that identity that somebody has labeled you on? (gasps) Well, that's just who I am. That's what somebody did or that's what somebody said. That's what Jesus would say, will you let go of that? So again, he would not override your and my will, but he's definitely going to ask questions on and say, would you like to get rid of that? Will you? So again, the willingness and the power of God work hand in hand on this. The next verse I want you to look at is Isaiah chapter 1. Again, very familiar passage here, verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat what? Do you believe this? (laughs) Okay, what are the two ingredients for eating the good of the land? Willing and obedience. Now... (laughs) if I'm not eating the good of the land, why could that be? (laughs) I know, now we're going (laughs) long. All right, but this good. There's no condemnation, no, no guilt, nobody pointing any fingers, but let's just analyze our own hearts and our own selves here for a sec. If God says this, if you are willing and obedient, you guys can leave that on there for me, thank you, you will eat the good of the land. What's the good of the land? I believe this. I believe this with all my heart that God wants His church to be the most blessed people on the entire face of the planet. That we aren't, it's just, we eat the, you know, willing and obedient, you eat the crappy part of the land or the mediocre part of the land. You know, you wear nice things or you, know, you have okay stuff. No, He wants you to have the best. Why? So you can be an advertisement for His kingdom and His glory. That's why. Deuteronomy says this. Why does he want you to prosper? So he can establish his covenant on this earth that he has with you and I. Listen, God is in covenant with you. So what does he want? His part of the deal, his part of the bargain, what he did at the cross is, I want you blessed. I want you looking good. I want you having good. I want you having nice things. But here's the thing. If I'm willing and obedient, those are the two ingredients, so I eat the good of the land. Now, I'm asking this self for my question. I got corrected this past week because there was just some things going on on the inside of me just in regards to willingness. Now, but I don't want to talk about me, I want to talk about you. So let's do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I want you to see there, like in this verse again, it's not just about doing it. Whatever the Lord asks you to do. It's just not about doing it. It's not just about, well, I did what the Lord wanted me to do. What else does he want? A lot. <laughs> A lot. All right, let's, let's, go, let's talk about this. Is it enough to obey? Come on, y'all. We got to get this. Is it enough just to obey what God asks? No. no. In this new covenant that you and I are a part of, just simply doing what God wants us to do is not enough. Now, I want to give you a couple examples here for a moment. Um, there's two two ministers one that I grew up listening to on a regular basis from my parents they went to his Bible school his name was Kenneth E Hagan and he gave an example about this or Isaiah 119 and part of this was he had been pastoring a church for 14 years and during that time he was like this he said this is it's been great he lived like the church owned another little house so him and his family lived there they were finally you know they had good food they had clothing they had good shelter like they had good stuff that they could really live by and the Lord called him out of that says I'm calling you now into the field ministry which we would call traveling ministry so at that time it wasn't really heard of back in those days but he went out and he said okay god i'll i'll do what you say so he went out and after about three four five six months went along all of a sudden money was dropping like crazy all of a sudden he these kids aren't adequately fed they're not adequately clothed the house that they're living in is run down on a regular basis and so he went to the lord and said lord I'm calling on you, Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. You eat the good of the land. That's what you said, God. That's what you said. And the Lord says, yeah, that is what I said, but you don't qualify. And he went, what do you mean I don't qualify? I said, if you be willing and obedient, you'd eat the good of the land. And so right away, he went checking on the inside, and he found out his heart on the inside. He was obedient to do what God says, but it was more of an attitude. i got to go do this. Okay, I'll go do this. I'll go do that. Fine, I'll do over here. Yeah, I'll go to that church. Okay, I'll go travel. Okay, I'll go over here. I'm not seeing my family. The whining, the complaining on the inside is what disqualified him from all the things that God wanted to do in his life. There's another gentleman that's still you know, ministering today. He's got a TV ministry. And one of the times the Lord said to him just before he went up to go do this, he says, I'm done using you in TV ministry. What? Why? What, what, what is it? We're reaching more people than we've ever had. He says, your willingness is gone. I can't use you anymore. So you know what he did real quick? He got willing real quick on the inside. You change it on the inside. It's not just about doing it. It's about what's the heart on the inside. I mean, how many of you are parents are here? When you ask your child, hey, I want you to take out the trash. Fine dragging it across the floor, leaving the trail of all the mustard ketchup. And you look at them and go, oh, bless your heart, at least you did it. You would say, get your butt back here. Boy, you will be willing, you will be thankful that you have a garbage can to even put that stuff in. Put a smile on that face right quick. Any parent or is that just my, my parents? Okay. Can <laughs> you see my mama just screaming at me? And again, this is how she would present this story. My lovely son, Joel, could you come upstairs and bring out the garbage, please? That's how she would interpret it. Exactly. Exactly. Fine! And what would happen? My father would say, oh, son, that's not the way we do it. Get back in here. But the same way, God's not just looking, fine, I'll I'll just pay my tithe. There, there it is. Fine, I'll just do it against the man. I've got to do it all the time. Do you think God wants that? No, no what's he looking for? He wants you to want to. <laughs> he wants you to want to. <laughs> just the same way that, hey, son, you are living in my roof. I gave you a bed. I gave you clothes. I wiped your butt for most of half your life right at this point. You will be thankful that you have a garbage can to actually take out at this moment. I would love him to say, Father, thank you that this trash can is filled with all the beautiful delicacies of our family times together, and it's all just, there's the trash. I would love to do that. That would be great if I got that response. I haven't yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> but why is this so important? Because God is looking at what? The heart. He's not just looking to see if I just do what he asks him to do. He's checking to make sure that my heart is right, that the willingness of my heart is correct. Make sense? Okay. <laughs> Now, the condition of our heart, whether willing or unwilling, determines if what we do or give is acceptable or unacceptable to the Lord. All right, let's look at this for a little bit here. <laughs> Let me just ask this question. If I want what I give or what I do to be acceptable, how must I do it? Starts with a W. Willingly. Willingly. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians Chapter 8 here for a moment. Now, what I'm going to be reading to you uh, from here right now, this is going to be in regards to giving, to finances, but I don't want you just to limit it to that because this has to do with every area of our life. God doesn't just want, He doesn't just want you to do something, He wants you to want to. Like this, if I could say it like this, God doesn't just want you to go to church. Or doesn't sorry, He doesn't just want you to go to church, He wants you to want to. He doesn't just want you to serve in the local church. He wants you to want to. He doesn't just want you to give. He wants you to want to. And this is something that I've been corrected on in my own heart just this past couple weeks. It's just checking up on the inside. It's not that I'm unwilling. It's just I haven't put the emphasis on, God, I want to do this with a glad heart. I get to. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to be a blessing to people. I want to do that. All right. I'm glad we're all excited about that. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I know this isn't a running around the room type of message, but it will cause that. I believe that with all my heart. This will cause it. And this, this is, here we go. New Living Translation. It says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Now the churches in Macedonia, there's a few of them. Galatia would be in, in, that, in that group. But this is just explaining what just happened, what God did in his kindness through these churches. Are you ready? It says, they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. When the Bible calls you very poor, you must be very poor. But now look at this. It says, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in what? Can you be poor and generous? Can you be poor and generous? Because it has to do with anything on the outside. It has everything to do with going on on the inside. If you got three cans of beans and you give two of them away, you are a generous person. Remember that uh, Jesus, that lady that was going to give of the, Jesus was standing by the offering, right, at 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 the temple. And he was watching all the Pharisees come in and give. Right? they looking at this, looking at this. And it really, what Jesus was looking at, not how much was being put in. He's looking at percentage. He was looking at the percentage. Because all these Pharisees come in, they probably threw in millions upon millions. And because they have millions and millions that keep backing into it. But then one poor little widow went up there and she put in two mites, the Bible says. And what does Jesus do? He goes, hold up. This woman has given everything she has. What's he looking at? He's looking at the heart. He's going, man, this, this lady trusts me. You can see, man, her confidence, her faith in God is everything she has is right there in that plate. That's what he's looking at. So, what attracts God is going again, the heart. So, can you be rich or can you be poor and generous? Absolutely, you can. It's an, absolutely. Verse three, he says, I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And look at this, and they did it of their own. Or in other words, they did it willingly. They did it willingly. Nobody forced them. Nobody told them about it. They did it willingly. Okay, verse 5 or verse 4. They begged us. Now look at this. They begged us. Who begged them? These, These churches that were poor, they had nothing. And they gave of their own free will. And it says they begged them again and again for what? The privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. What are they doing? We can't wait to do this. It's a privilege for us. I'll give everything I got. Here, just take it all. It just took over the entire service. They just got so excited about it because they were willing. Now, let me just throw this in there because, again, people talk so much about revival, talk about awakening. You will not see a revival of God apart from pocketbooks being opened. Oh, I want a move of God. If you're stingy, you're not going to see it. Why? Because where your heart is, there your treasure is also. It has everything to do with the inside. You can't trust God and you can't trust money. So wanting to see a mighty move of God, it's going to require an open pocketbook. And the Lord's been talking to me about that too. And it's not so much does God want your money? He wants you to want to give it. It's not that he's going to say, finally, I can give. I'm going to clean you out. That's not what he's interested in doing. Like what Gail said, he's trying to get something to us. But as long as we have it, he doesn't have us. So we're looking from a willing aspect. And this is one thing, even looking on my inside, if I ever found that there's sometimes it just seemed to be a little bit tight. Anybody ever experienced some of those months where it just seemed a little tight? Maybe kids are eating a bunch or all of a sudden diapers keep coming in. Like, dear Lord. (laughs) And one of the things the Lord has been talking to me about, he's like, I want you to go back and check on the inside how willing you are to see the people of God blessed. Do you want to help people? Do you want to be a blessing? Do you want to advance the kingdom of God on this earth? Do you want to help it out? Do you want to advance the church? And going on the inside, or I have to really check this out, or you, did you just get caught up in some of your own things? Listen, we've all been there again. I'm not, I'm not perfect in this. I'm working on this myself. But I'm just talking about a willingness on the inside so that God can do what he wants to do. And part of that is rock your world with the goodness that he wants to download in us. Like, you and I, don't be comfortable with the paycheck that you're receiving. Don't look at that and go, well, I guess this is just my life. No, 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 no. Don't limit yourself to that. Don't limit God to that. There is so much more. And what is he looking for? Willingness. Do I want to pay off somebody's mortgage? Like, do I want to? That's all that he's looking for is a willingness, right? And then the obedience will come afterwards on whatever he's asked me to do. Now, look at this, verse, uh, verse 4 or 5. Then they did even more what they had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. Rock on. Now, let's skip down. Look at verse 10. Here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give and you were the first to begin doing it. Now, you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness, ever say eagerness. The eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Now, verse 12. Now, this is key, right? I want you to highlight this in your Bibles right here. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. Whatever you give, let's put it this way. Whatever you do, whenever you serve in your local church, whenever you give whatever, it is acceptable how? If it is done willingly. Come on, say it with me. Willingly. If I come up here and go, oh, I have to preach this morning. Is God going to be happy about that? So my attitude has adjusted many times. I get to. You better believe I get to. This is a privilege and an honor for me to do this. I get to do this. If you're serving on any kind of team right at the moment, you have to look at it and go, oh, I guess I got to greet this morning. Got to shake a bunch of hands. There's a lot of fellowship that gets on them. I've got to touch a lot of people. I don't like touching people. That reluctant, according to the word of God, is that acceptable to the Lord? No. How does he find it acceptable? If it's done willingly. God, I, I, I want to do this. I want to shake that person's hand right now. I want to... You know, teach those kids. I want to do that. I want to do the sound. I want to do the light. I want to serve coffee. I want to, I want to, I want to. Because really, if all said and done, we get to be part of God's business and then get rewarded for it when this life is over. Are you kidding me? I'll, I'll mop all day long if I got to. Why? Because I'm going to get rewarded for the mop. But only if it's done how? Willingly. So as I'm mopping, thank you, Lord, I get to do this. And guess what happened? Me and the Lord will just have a good time sweeping together. You like my moves. I can feel that. Okay. Now, <laughs> now, look at this. Go to the one chapter over, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse 5 through 7. It says, so I thought that I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready, but I want it to be a, what kind of gift? Willing. A willing gift, not one that is done Grudging. grudgingly. Can you see this? Church, this is huge for us. This is an answer for a lot of y'all. Listen, there is so much seed that has gone out. There are so many finances that you have given either to the church or to ministries abroad. There is a lot of seed that's in the ground. If it would just be now of a willing heart, it would change drastically. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying stop giving. I'm What I'm saying is check on the inside. What's going on on the inside? Am I happy to do this or am I just going, yep, yeah, another week, another dollar? If I'm thinking that way, what's happening? I'm restricting God on the inside and my expanding of my heart ceases at that moment. God's looking for open hearts. And so what does that mean? I'm a willing heart. God, I get to. Even with the offering this morning, I thought, yes, I get to sow this this morning. Thank you, Lord. Are you kidding me? I get to do this in the kingdom of God rather than, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. here's another one. Is that acceptable? I know you're all just taking it in. Right? I, I'm trusting that. I'm not... I'm just making sure that, again, we're doing this because the Lord is looking for something from the church. And what is he looking for? A willingness. Don't just think money. Get your. It's not about money. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. It's nothing to do with money. He's looking for willingness. Yeah. 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 Does God need it? No. And here's the other side to it, too. I better, I'll better read this, and then I'll give my side. Now... Verse 6, it says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but one who plants generously will have a generous crop. Verse 7, so look at this, you must each decide in your what? In your heart, how much to give. Where does it take place? It starts on the inside. It has nothing to do with anything out here. It has everything to do with... What's going on inside here? He's saying, check it in on the inside. Get it first settled and established in your heart. And then he says, don't give reluctantly. Now, I love this. Or in response to pressure. Or in response to pressure. Why is that so crucial? Because if we come up here and we will never do this, and we've never done this, we just need your money. We just need you to help us. You just to help keep the doors open. We just need you to give real real deep in those pockets and pull out as much as you can and just send in an offering and we'll speak a blessing over your life. We'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it. We'll never do that. Why? Because that type of pressure just shows that my faith is not in God. But if you don't ask the people, then they won't give. It'll come from somewhere else. We have a source and it ain't you. It's him. But just as much that pressure goes this way, You can't put pressure this way. Oh, I just need you to come around. The church ought to be doing stuff. Oh, shut up. (laughs) The church doesn't have to do nothing in that sense. If you feel it on your heart to do it, do it. Don't put pressure back. Well, the church ought to. No, the church ought not to do nothing. If you have it in your heart to do it, he's calling you to do it. There's an assignment here. we got to stick with the assignment. So it's the same way. You don't put pressure on me. I don't put pressure on you. It's the same way. Make sense? Yeah. We're all still friends? It's not. Nobody does this. I'm just saying this for online. Because a lot of times... <laughs> i got to be mindful of who my, the, the hearers are. But it, it's crucial that we understand this because as long as there's being pressure put on other side, God's not in the picture. And what happens is now you're expecting me, I'm expecting you. And what happens we get mad at each other. Nothing happens. Everything just falls flat and we got a disgruntled church just mad at everybody going, well, they took this, well, they didn't do this. They should have prayed harder for me while well, I didn't give them money. It, blah, 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 blah. Church is messy in that way. So what do we do? We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and that's why he says each decide in your own heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. We will never pressure you. Why? We don't want pressure money. Sometimes people give to God because they think he's the mafia. Ever seen people just kind of give, well, you know, if I give this, I don't want to be cursed in any kind of way, you know. I don't don't want that to happen in my life. I can't have broken knees before I go into my next job. I can't afford that, so God, here's my money. (laughs) As if, like, God's some kind of insurance broker, you know, coming in with a baseball bat. Done, done. You know, uh, you need insurance for the days that we live in here, folks. Well, you know, I'll I'll be fine. Nobody's going to hurt, really hurt me. Well, he says, you haven't met us yet. That's not how God operates. God's not out here busting kneecaps and looking for his pay. That's not who he is. Oh man, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but because God is Jesus, or God is not the good cowboy. He's the good shepherd. What is a good, a good cowboy? Someone that prods, and come on, you better, you better give or else. A shepherd, what does a shepherd do? Leads, guides, encourages. Hey, I, come on, come on, let's go, let's go here, let's go here. But he will never stick like a stick on your back hind and get going, boy. He won't do that. That's not God. So if you hear that in any kind of even ministry, it's not of the Lord to be pushing or putting pressure on. Why? Because again, not only is there no faith in God, but you've limited God now to just people that you can look at. And that's, that's so limiting to him. Think bigger. So what is he talking about? Again, a willing heart. So he says, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Why? God loves Come on, this is something that just stirs me up on the inside. God, what do you love? I'll be it. I'll be that. God, like I'm maybe like a little little, little puppy. Okay, go, what, what do you like? What do you like? What do you like? Someone who gives generously and cheerfully? Okay, I'll do it. This is what he likes. Amplified Bible says he can't live or can't do without. What? Someone who gives of their own free will. That stirs God up. That moves God. God goes, oh, there's my child. That one acts just like me. And watch the blessings just come through. Because again, we ain't limited to this. You're not limited to this. Get your eyes up. Look at the stars. Count the stars. There's so much of it. Just as much. If, I mean, listen, I remember hearing this too. There was this, if you can create things, you never run out of it. For example, create, we create humans. We know how to create humans, don't we? You figure that out. Well, the same way the Bible talks about He knows. He teaches us how to create wealth. Anything that can be created, you never run out of. There is plenty more where that came from. So we've got to stop thinking small. Stop even thinking just, oh, how much is it? Much? Listen, focus on the willingness of the heart. Because if the heart is right, God's got access to get things to it. Now, let me just show you this. This is the last example. Uh, Exodus chapter 35. I'm going to read a couple of verses here. But I want you to see. Again, I don't want you to limit this just to finances, but God has brought this out. Like, if you think about it, the Spirit of God has pulled these verses out for you and I to see as an example, to teach us, to equip us for what is right in the day that we live in. It's amazing, is it not? I get stirred up reading some of these things. God wanted this read all these generations. And there's, this is a specific offering that God really, really liked, and he took two chapters to write it all out for us. It stirred him up. He got excited about this. And I want you to see, I believe this is the perfect will of God. Okay, you ready? Exodus 35, verse 4, it says, Moses said to all the congregation of Israel, this is what the Lord commanded. Verse 5. Now this is who commanded? The Lord. So this isn't Moses' opinion, his thought. This isn't Moses' staff or leadership. This is God speaking. He says, take from among you an offering to the Lord, whoever is a willing and generous heart, let him bring the Lord's offering, gold, silver and bronze. And if you read all the way down through verse 19, it talks about, you know, the different colors of linen and the, the purple, the brass, the, like all of these amazing uh, things to create this ark, or the offering. Then verse 20 says, then all the congregation of the Israelites left Moses' presence. And verse 21, and they came. Each one whose heart stirred him up and whose spirit made him. Why do you think God constantly says this? What's he looking for? Willing. No, this is a thought that we have to have too. In the, in the church, in the body of Christ, there ain't nothing too expensive for the Lord. Nothing too good for him. Well, why did you have to do all that? It's for him. Nothing is too good. All of this should be pure gold anyway. If we could, why not? It's for him. Y'all, come on, man. Am I hitting a religious toe here? God should have the best, should he not? Does he deserve the best? Because, again, are we building our personal kingdoms? No. What kingdom are we building? His kingdom. And so what are we interested in? He gets the nicest stuff. Why not? Is he not worthy of it? When can God spend his money on this earth? When the church gets willing. They came, each one to whose heart stirred him up and whose spirit made him willing, and he brought the Lord's offering to be used for the new tent of meeting, for all of its service, all of the holy garments. Verse 22, they came, both men and women, all who were... He says it verse after verse after verse, willing-hearted, and they brought brooches, earrings or nose rings, signet rings, and armlets or necklaces, all jewels of gold, everyone bringing an offering of gold to the Lord. Let's skip down to verse 29. It says, the Israelites brought a free will offering to the Lord, all men and women whose hearts made them willing. And move them to bring anything for any of the work which the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done. Look at chapter verse 36 here. I'm going to read a couple more verses, then I'm done. Verse 36, it says, And Moses called Bezalel and Holiab, and every able and wise-hearted man in whose mind the Lord had put wisdom and ability, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come do the work. Man, that's powerful. And then look at this. And they received from Moses all the free will offerings which the Israelites had brought for doing the work of the sanctuary to prepare it for service. And they continued, look at this. And they continued to bring him free will offerings every morning. Look at verse 4. And all the wise and able men who were doing the work of the sanctuary came. Every man from the work he was doing. Verse 5. And they said to Moses, now look at this. The people bring much more than enough for doing the work which the Lord commanded you to do. Look at verse 6. So Moses commanded, and it was proclaimed in all the camp, let no man or woman do anything more for the sanctuary offering. Look at this. I believe this is the will of God so the people were restrained from bringing could you imagine that if the worldwide church would move their heart from this grudgingly or response to pressure or like oh, I got to do this and they just move from a will from that to a willingness at some point we're going to have to go hey guys no more we don't know what to do with it. We've paid for everybody's mortgages. Like we've done all of that. We've exceeded. We've done everything God's told us to do with this building. We've paid off for those all those buildings out there. We own all that. We're housing people. Just it's stop. We got to cut it off right now. This is the Lord. He willingly gave His Son. I willingly give you my all. And go back to verse 6 here. Let's finish it off. Or verse 7. It says, For the stuff they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. I believe this is the will of God. It still is the will of God. I, I, I'm believing that for you and I as a church family. And again, I'm not, not talking about, Oh, we're going to just give, 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 give all the time. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is our hearts are moving from a place of or uh, don't, uh, or why do you keep talking about this stuff to I want to Lord I want to I, I want to I will to give and I'm not just talking finance. I will to give of myself I will to give to my church I will to give in my family I'm just moving myself from a place of this grudgingly to this willingness to give this willingness to serve however I can I believe with that, the Lord is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But he needs a church that's willing. So last night or yesterday when I was here praying, these words just came out of my mouth. I said, Lord, we are that willing church in this province. We will be that willing church in this nation. So I've already made up your mind for you, so I hope you appreciate that. I'm just kidding, I didn't make it up for you. But I'm saying for myself, for, for the church that we are in, the church that the Lord has called us to under-shepherd, Lord, we will be that willing church that you need in this region. You want us to pay off somebody else's thing? Yes, sir. Glad to do it. Want us to help somebody? Glad to do it. Glad, 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 glad. Glad to do it. And then a part of it, not, so the willingness is there, and then the next part is, Lord, what do you want me to do? And there's been times the Lord says, no, I don't want you to give. That's fine. Hello. You know, the Lord can say that. What he's looking for is, I want you to want to. Okay. So it's not just about, I have to give to every human being that walks on the street now. No, 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 no. You're still led by the Spirit of God. But what I'm just saying is, I've prepared my heart, Lord. I already say yes before you even have to ask me. It's already a done deal in my mind. Sure thing. Glad to do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can I just pray over you and we'll be. We'll be in. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over every beautiful family that is represented here, over every heart that is represented here. Lord, first of all, thank you for their lives. Thank you for causing them to be born in such a time as this, in 2021. And not only that, but Father, you've called them to be in this church family. Whether you're visiting or not, you're part of this family. We're so glad that you're here. Lord, thank you for calling us together. Lord, right now, we turn our hearts to you this morning just to say on the inside, Father, we are willing. We are willing and we are obedient and we'll know we'll eat the good of the land. But Father, our part is to make sure our heart's right. So this morning, we just align ourselves, give you access to us, just to say this, Father, that we are willing to do whatever you've asked us, to do whatever you've called us to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I speak over every home. I thank you, Lord, that you're stirring in hearts right now, that you're working in people, you're working in to do of your good pleasure. Father, I thank you that you continue to speak to them while they're even laying in their beds, that you continue to download insight and vision and instruction for these coming days for them personally, for their family, maybe for their business or for the job that they work at. Father, we ask you for that because we are your church, your army in this earth, and we need your insight. So I ask you for that, sir, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we are a willing church. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.